You are Locked On Utes, your daily podcast on the Utah Utes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Utes podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network. My name is Brian Brown, and we have another episode coming to you. Today is a Tuesday, April 27th. Bringing you a Tuesday update as the season has started to wind down for most Utah sports. We're going to start to look ahead a little bit to what we'll be talking about in the summer. But today we want to talk about some news that was made official on Monday. Tim Morris uh, officially announced by the University of Utah. And how did Utah golf start at the Pac-12 Championship? Also, this week is NFL Draft Week. We're going to talk about how there are zero Utes that will likely be drafted this weekend at the NFL, unless some rare circumstance occurs. But what might be happening in 2022 and beyond? Lastly, it is that time of year. No, no, I'm not talking about golf season. It is recruiting season. And we're going to talk a little bit about what to do and, and what to look forward to if you're new to the recruiting landscape and atmosphere. All that coming up next year on the Locked On Utes podcast for April 27th, 2021. Welcome back into another episode of the Locked On Youth Podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network. It is great to have you in today, my Utah friends and family. Thank you so much for joining us. My name is Brian Brown. I am running solo for the day because that's usually about all I can stand to run solo for. Uh, wanted to thank you all for, for tuning in for the kind comments. A, a special shout out to good friend of the program, Mute Daddy, for the compliment on Twitter the other day. Uh, you are definitely made to chill, my friend. Uh, thank you for the shout out. We uh, super appreciate it. Today's episode is brought to you, as always, by some of my favorites, rockauto.com and betonline.ag. We have a detailed show for you despite the fact that there's not a ton of sports currently in action as most of the seasons are wrapping up men's tennis wrapped up over the weekend uh men's lacrosse has a game or two uh, baseball has a game coming up uh, over the weekend softball still in action but other than that things are really starting to wind down for utah athletics but there was a bit of somewhat news more just a confirmation of what it was already known and, and pretty well reported that tim morris is officially the third and final assistant at the university of utah now as we talked about previously there are only three assistant spots on a basketball coaching staff but that doesn't mean that they can't add other assistant type positions around the team you know football skirted this for years with uh QC, what what they call quality control coaches, or DAs or OAs, offensive or defensive assistants. Uh, at one point in time, Jason uh, Ayu, who's now currently the uh, recruiting coordinator down at BYU, at one point in time, he was an administrative assistant at the University of Utah, which if you ever saw him on the sidelines, he was definitely not doing administrative assistant type activities. He was definitely in there coaching and, and doing his thing and everything like that. And that's just kind of how things go. You may see some positions created like Utah's done in the past with Donnie Daniels where, uh, you know, 
We've talked about director of basketball operations. There could be a director of player personnel. Uh, there's a director of basketball strategy uh, in the, under the previous regime. So you may see other names trickle into the program in those circumstances. But as far as the coaching staff goes, this is it. And the names that you might see announced and or posted at one time or another are not going to be big names. So if you're holding out hope that maybe Chris Burgess is going to join uh, the staff in some way, that's not likely. And some of it just has to do with the rules for the NCAA. They only allow a certain number of coaches to actually coach and be on the floor during practice times and a number of hours and everything like that. Now, if you're asking me if I think every coach obeys that, I definitely do not. Uh, but for the most part, they have to find ways to, to at least creatively look at, at, at keeping the rules uh, or at least keeping appearances as though they are trying to keep the rules. Um, so good announcement again with Tim Morris. If, if you didn't get it yesterday, Jake and I are both in agreement that this is a really excellent hire. It may not be the Chris Burgess hire that everybody was anticipating and or hoping for. And I can understand the lament and the desire for Chris Burgess. It did seem at times like Burgess might have been a little bit redundant with Eric Peterson. If it had been me building the staff rather than Craig Smith, I would have taken Chris Burgess first and foremost simply because he is a very creative and aggressive recruiter. I think he's a well-recognized name in the state. Uh, I think it would have been a much similar situation with Larry Kraskoviak, where he came in and people recommended that he take a look at Tommy Connor or at Westminster. And, and Larry had never met Tommy Connor at that point. I think, well, he may have met him, but they had never worked together, didn't really know each other that well. And to be honest, they bonded almost instantly. They were very close, very tight, lived in close proximity to one another uh, for a very, very long time, same area. Um, and so I think, you know, there is a, a debate in terms of if someone's a good coach and, and, and the, the way that they want to run a system and everything like that matches up with your style, it kind of should be a no-brainer. So, like I said, if it were me as the head basketball coach, I would definitely have taken Chris Burgess first and foremost. I can understand where Coach Smith is coming from, though, that he wants to build this culture and, and this program as they're cleaning house with people that he knows and can trust. And so that means DeMarlo Slocum, it means Eric Peterson, and it means for your third hire, you're going to go out and get somebody like Tim Morris, someone with ties around the country who, uh, as I found out reading his bio at the University of Utah, he actually played overseas in Germany for a time being, so there may be some ties over there that he can pursue as well. Um, played with FC Bayern Munich, Munich in 2008-2009. Uh, before retiring due to injury, but his his resume is very extensive in terms of who he's been around with. Uh, April 2020, Morris was named to the Silver Waves Media 50 Impactful High Major Assistant Coaches list. The recognition honors a select group of current high major assistant coaches in Division One men's basketball who have made an impact on the game, according to the site's research in consultation with athletic directors, presidents, search firms, and numerous influencers in the sport. So that speaks a little bit to his prowess as an assistant coach. When you think about it, to be one of the top 50 assistant coaches in the country after talking to that many people. Now, I, I've, to this point, I've never heard of the Silver Waves Media uh, group. But that doesn't mean that they're not out there talking to the same kind of people uh, that most reporters are. And I think Tim Morris, his resume, you know, and hopefully we'll get to hear from him at some point in time, 
uh, you know, through one source or another. But his resume is just super strong, and uh, he's been under the right kinds of coaches. Lorenzo Romar at Washington is a transfer. He was under Mike, Mike Montgomery at Stanford, graduated from Stanford with a degree in English, English literature. So if nothing else, you know that he has a strong command of language and how to use it, how to convey points. I think that's one part about being either a communications or an English major is you really learn about how to convey your point. Uh, and in coaching and basketball, teaching very, very similar things, you really have to get your point across. Um, so I think that could be advantageous. Obviously, his connections are all across the country. Uh, grew up in Atlanta. And it, I, I just think it's a really good hire. I think it's indicative of the fact that Coach Smith was willing to be open-minded for that third assistant position. Uh, I love the fact that, that Tim Morris comes you know, uh, from a, a different part of the country, that he'll be here in Utah kind of for his first time as a coach living here but also that he'll be able to be with a staff that knows and understands the culture there at Utah and can kind of help him adjust to it as well. Uh, I think that's a big critical part of it. And, uh, and I've mentioned, you know, that I really do uh, appreciate the fact that he is a minority candidate that's hired at the University of Utah as well. So uh, if you need more background on him, go ahead and listen to Monday's episode. Jake and I talked about it pretty extensively. In the meantime, it's time to update you all on, on yesterday's action with the Pac-12 championship. Uh, Utah's golf team, the, the, the hope was a, a strong performance of the tournament. And, uh, you know, the first day was not exactly kind to the youths. They are currently tied for ninth place with UCLA, Washington, and Washington State. Colorado rounds up the, the bottom of the uh, standings at plus 17 Whereas Utah, Washington State, and UCLA all tied there ninth with plus 16. California at eighth at plus 10. Washington at seventh, plus one. And then Southern California, Oregon State, right there tied at number five, even score. And then Stanford at five under. And then the three top teams, just absolute scorchers. Uh, throughout the day, Oregon posting a minus 15 at number three, Arizona minus 24 at number two, Arizona State a minus 25 at number one. So a very, very strong showing for those uh, Southern Arizona schools as they lead. It's going to be pretty tough to make up 30-ish strokes on anybody, uh, I think. So winning the Pac-12 Men's uh, Golf Championship probably – out of grass for the University of Utah, but an opportunity to maybe make up some strokes here in the next two days. Uh, you know, I think anything above a top top six finish would be a huge accomplishment for the golf team. As you can tell, they're right there with California and UCLA, programs that have had traditionally strong golf programs. Uh, as you look at the player leaderboard, Riggs Johnson was really the catalyst for Arizona State. Shot 11 under par. Uh and that's just <laughs> an insane, insane round. Uh, uh, I, you know, I just that that's a lot of that's a lot of good shots. That's some really good golf. Uh, Yuki Moriyama from Oregon, excuse me, uh, second at minus ten, and then David Puig from Arizona State minus seven. Brad Reeves from Arizona minus seven. Trevor Weir, uh, below. From Arizona, minus six. And then Chun An Yu 
from Arizona State at minus six as well. The highest Utah golfer was Mitchell Shaw at one under par. Uh, he followed up by uh, uh, was followed up by Colton Tanner, who was three over. Uh, our guy um, Blake Tomlinson, who Jake and I had talked up quite a bit, finished at plus nine on the day. Not the best of outings for Jake or for Blake. But he'll still have some time to uh, make some ground up tomorrow and will be, uh, or today, I should say, Tuesday and Wednesday. Uh, we'll keep you posted, obviously, on the standings for that one as well. And wish the golf team is the best of luck as they continue to uh, pursue a high finish there at the Pac-12 Men's Golf Championship. And if you're like me and you like to get out and golf a little bit, you know how expensive it can be. And that's why you need to find ways to save money so you can get out and play golf as much as possible. The way to do that, as always, is to go to rockauto.com and start being a try-it-yourselfer. Jake and I have talked. We're going to set up a time to fix the brakes on his car. I've now done the brakes on all four corners of my car this year, thanks to rockauto.com. And it's it's just a great family-owned business that serves auto parts customers that has served auto parts customers for the last 20 years online. Uh, you can shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. Everything from things like engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, even new carpet. We've talked about seat covers on this podcast fairly extensively. Protect your seat covers from salad disasters. Uh, they're at rockauto.com. Catalog is unique, remarkably easy to navigate. It looks like an old school Windows format, but let me tell you, it really is super easy to navigate. You just enter in your car, uh, the parts that you want, and and they actually even have packages there that you can order, so it's all taken care of one one fell swoop. Best of all, it's getting you that extra golf money. Prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low, and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. I don't know why you'd go somewhere else spend twice as much for the same parts. They are even cheaper than that place that drives around with all the vans now that has some goofy smile on the side of them. And no, they are not the color of my family because we all know what brown can do for you. It can save you money by sending you to rockauto.com, see all the all the parts available for your car or truck, right locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. That's rockauto.com. Starting off the second segment here on Locked On Utes Podcast with a reminder to get all the sports news that you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today Podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today Podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. It's the way that I start my day. And the really cool part about it is that Peter's able to talk to people who actually are involved in watching the teams on the same kind of level that you are, uh, that understand their teams on a very intimate level and can give a much better analysis. It's also a really cool feature on the Ultimate Mock Draft. If you haven't listened to that one yet, I absolutely, absolutely recommend that you uh, take a look at that one because it is draft season here at... uh, well, I mean, obviously, here on the Locked On Youth podcast, it's draft season, but across the uh, across the country, it is the NFL draft this week, and it'll be a, another big big production for the NFL. 
they've somehow found a way to master almost four days' worth of draft coverage, even though most of the guys getting picked in those later rounds will probably never see a full-blown NFL career. And so it kind of begs the question for any you know normal Utah fan, who's going to get drafted this year? And the answer is no one. Utah doesn't have a single player that will be drafted in the 2021 NFL draft. And it's very bizarre because, as you've likely seen if you've been on social media, there's been some back and forth between the Utah football Twitter account and some other local Twitter accounts about how many players are going to be drafted this year, how many players have been drafted in the past. And, and that's been a hallmark of the Utah program is that they've gotten guys drafted. Uh, the next step, I think, for the University of Utah is to get guys to be able to stick in the NFL. Uh, we're starting to see that a lot more. Terrell Burgess uh, appeared in the L.A. Rams commercial where they're uh, showing off the draft house with Rebel Wilson, of all people. Not sure w- w- what the casting director idea was on that one but hey good for Terrell Burgess for being called the Rook and uh, getting two good scenes in there Uh, he did an excellent job he killed it so his media career is off and and sprinting down the road even uh, you know uh, even if it doesn't work out in the NFL it's, it's very very clear that he'll be able to do all the media work that he wants to did a great job for the NFL spring game but it's a very rare situation to not have any uh, draft picks for the University of Utah. And and I think it's even more bizarre after having so many last uh, 2019 going into the 2020 draft. And and it was a very strange uh, draft for sure, but also kind of fun and and unique and and interesting in a lot of respects. But it it does lead the question, who's going to be, the next man up in terms of the NFL draft. And I think there are some very obvious candidates out there, mostly the guys who return this year. Devin Lloyd has to be a potential late first round, early second round guy. Uh, I think the other one on that list that that has the potential to be a, a big-time NFL draft guy is, without a doubt, Nick Ford. Um, and then there are a few others, you know, as you go down the list that you might think would be, uh, you know, potential draft picks. Uh, Brand Keithy, obviously. I, I, Keithy's a little bit of a different um, potential draftee in my, in my mind because I think his production and his performance absolutely uh, dictates that he should be an NFL draft pick. And I do think he can be a very productive NFL player. In fact, I think his size and his style of play is going to become a lot more prominent in the NFL as the NFL starts to do more with H and U backs. Uh, Some people can call it the old school fullback role. I know that brings a lot of nostalgia back, especially in the hearts of those who actually played the fullback position. Uh, But I think that the the thing with Brant Keithy that's going to get him – dinged into the later rounds despite the fact that i expect really really high production out of him is that his measurements are 6'2 230 but he's gonna be blazing fast and i i have this feeling that he's gonna post some super explosive numbers uh because that's just kind of what he does but the other names that you kind of want to think about going into or or watch i guess and see how they develop and and how they progress i think vonte davis is probably the one that stands out the most in my mind because he went so far up my list in terms of production 
last season. And it was only five games, but I think he's coming into this year super confident. I think he knows what he can do on the field. I think he's going to have an incredible front you know, in front of him that's going to cause a lot of havoc. And his ability to step in front of balls and make things happen, I think, makes him a very strong candidate to be drafted. I think of everybody who's on the list, in my mind, he might be the most likely uh, to get drafted next. And there's just not a lot of seniors on this roster regardless. Uh, the next name that you might look at as seniors is, is likely Viani Mawala, uh, you know, a senior defensive tackle, 6'6", 320. We didn't see him at all in the spring game, likely because they're very confident in what they have in him. He needs to really have a strong, strong season this year and, and really demonstrate that he can get low, that he can bend his hips, that he can play with low pad level and use that big frame with the explosion that he has from time to time and really demonstrate that he's gotten stronger uh, to be, I think, a, a draftable player. Other names along the that senior defensive line, Hawati Pututau, I think, has... Uh, the most potential to become the next John Panasini on the roster. You know, a, a guy who kind of comes out of nowhere and, and maybe gets drafted a little bit higher than expected uh, as a senior. You know, Max Tupai is a guy that, that has really kind of always struggled to find a position on the field. So it'll be interesting to see how he does this year. Uh, I think a year of being healthy will definitely help him. I think another name that you could possibly watch for, depending on th- how things unfold, is Charlie Brewer. And I think Charlie Brewer... If he can continue to throw 15 for 15 every single game, I think that you're going to have to start talking about him as being at least a possible NFL draft pick. Uh, At that point in time, you know, LeBron might just draft him to go play for his team in whatever Space Jam 2 is. I don't know. Um, If you don't ever drop or have an incompletion, you might be pretty good. Uh, Just a thought process. I don't think he's going to... to complete every single pass he throws. But, you know, if, if we're going just based off a of spring game, y'all, I mean, shoot, shoot, hype trim's coming, coming. But as we move down the list, some of the guys who are going to be juniors entering into next year, Britton Covey, not likely to be an NFL draft pick unless he just has an absolutely bonkers season and posts some crazy numbers. Uh, Covey's just he's, – he's getting up there in years and age, and, and he's got to stay healthy and, and be super productive. We'll see how things go for him. Uh, but he would be a candidate to go early, along with Solomon Enos and Nick Ford, Cole Fotheringham, another name that I think you could see possibly declare early. Devin Kafusi. He is a guy that I feel like has a very, very open opportunity to really declare himself as a not only an NFL draft candidate, but to win a starting position there on on the front of the defensive line. Uh, you know, he has bulked up, moved inside of the defensive tackle position. I think that Utah has really convinced him of what he can be both there and how they can use him on the inside and the outside. Mentioned Brandon Keith, Devin Lloyd. Uh, as far as juniors go, TJ Pledger, uh, we'll see how he does this year. He's coming in as a junior as far as eligibility is concerned. Nephi Sewell is another one to watch. He had such a tremendous breakout year last year. If he continues that, then there's absolutely no reason for him to stay uh, stay at the University of Utah. And Mika Tafua, obviously, the other name that would make a ton of sense for the University of Utah. So... That's it for the draft coverage for today. Uh, we, we'll talk a little bit more about it all week long as, as it relates to the University of Utah and, and things of that nature. Uh, but 
wanted to get a little bit of that in early, you know, and, and get those juices flowing. Uh, it's, it's an exciting time to be, uh, you know, a fan of football. And if you're a fan of sports in general, I think you know what's coming next. You got to go to betonline.ag. Uh, bet online is the fastest, easiest way to bet on all your sports action. They're going to have a ton of cool prop bets that you can gamble on. There, uh, some some of the ones that I've seen so far. The primary color of Marissa Mowry's dress uh, right now. The odds-on favorite is green and teal. Uh, Melissa Mowry, if you don't know, is uh, Trevor Lawrence's fiance, I believe. Um, so it just. Funny things like that. Total round one trades within the top ten picks. Uh, over under one and a half first round trades. Uh, who will Trevor Lawrence hug first? Wife, mom, dad, sibling, friend. Uh, will Allen Robinson be traded during round one? Will the Falcons trade the number four overall pick? So lots of cool prop bets available there at betonline.ag. You've heard the pitch from us. It's very easy to sign up. Just go ahead and make your first deposit. Add that locked on promo code to get a 50% welcome bonus put all that 50% welcome bonus on will Trevor Lawrence cry yes or no my bet is going to be no he doesn't seem like he's much of a crier he seems like a pretty even killed good dude Uh, so go to betonline.ag throw that money down there for uh, uh, the prop bets or if you're into baseball right now it is prime baseball season I would bet all the monies on the San Diego Padres as they are playing very well and I am a vested fan in the Padres as you all likely know if you follow me on Twitter. Uh, but go to betonline.ag, use that promo code locked on, get your 50% welcome bonus, and let's get betting and making those Skittles. Wrapping things up here on a Tuesday edition of the Locked On Utes podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Thanks for hanging in with me today, guys. Uh, wanted to close out the show with a little bit of a conversation about why it is now suddenly recruiting season. And if you are a recruit head or a recruiting follower, which everyone should be if you follow a college football team because recruiting is your lifeblood, it is also an absolute roller coaster ride. Because now is the time of the year where kids are going out to camps, they're going to start taking unofficial visits to campuses, they're going to start going to schools and seeing coaches and things like that. Uh, the dead period that's been in place because of COVID will officially lift in, in June, and that will allow players to be able to visit schools to interact a little bit more with the coaching staff i think part of the reason that we're seeing so many transfers in the transfer portal this year is because kids didn't really get to do a whole lot of that and also the one-time transfer waiver has been placed and, and i think that's been coming for a long time uh but it is recruiting season because of that and because of all the camps going on. And now is a great time to start following recruiting because you're going to get an absolute deluge of information about possible candidates. And this is really where the roller coaster starts. Summertime teams start to get a up-close view of players. They start to see them more and more at the camps. You see players who have grown a little bit, uh, who have improved over the, the summer or or the spring that that maybe are a uh a bit of a surprise um you know they, they kind of come out the late bloomers maybe that are juniors that are going to their senior year that have suddenly grown 
a quick recap for everyone that Utah currently holds two commitments, one from local prospect Isaiah Moa. If the name Moa sounds familiar, yes, that is Ben Moa's son. And also from quarterback J.P. Zamora, who is a 6'4", 185-pound prospect out of Pasco, Washington. He is a quarterback prospect that looks very, very similar to Alex Smith. I'm not saying he's going to be an Alex Smith. In fact, I think anything at this point, with with the amount of talent that Utah has in the program, uh, I I think Zamora is a nice little, as we like to call it, a B prospect. Uh, You know, a player that's maybe uh, a three-star, you know, a a player that could maybe use a little bit of development. I think anybody who watched the spring game, you don't want to bring in anybody that's going to... uh, try and compete against Peter Costelli because Costelli is going to be very, very good. And same with Quinton Jackson. So you want to bring in a guy that you can develop a little bit inside the program and build some depth of that position. Um, as we talk about, you know, guys who have really kind of emerged in, in terms of being late bloomers, Bryson Reeves is a guy that we talked about uh, being a very early commitment, well, a late commitment, I should say, um, to the University of Utah, but he is just absolutely exploded having a huge spring season out there in California. He's going to be on campus for the Utes as a wide receiver now. I think it is fairly much determined, um, but he was just an absolutely incredible get for the Utes uh, because he hadn't really blossomed and blown up, and, and this is why it's important to go through uh, everything and, and do your due diligence because Reeves had a really huge spring and had a lot of strong interest from other schools and other coaches, and he was committed to Utah because Utah showed him love at a time where no one else was really showing him uh, the love that he was hoping for. And, uh, you know, I think that's a, a real credit to this staff and, and another um, just diamond in the rough discovery that they've made. And, and it, it's a cool story. I think a lot of young kids these days don't get the uh, recognition for keeping commitments and everything like that that they deserve, even though with commitments there are so many more strings attached than really we talk about because there are committable offers, there are non-committable offers, there are verbal commitments, there are uh, silent commitments, and blah, 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 blah. And there are also times where programs will actually drop a kid's commitment leaving them to go back and fend for their uh, fend for themselves in, in trying to get a scholarship offer. And so I think Bryson Reeves deserves some credit for staying committed to the University of Utah, but also it was clearly a, a result of some very hard work by the youths and some good due diligence because he was a lot of fun to watch in the spring. A very, very uh, explosive, became a very, very explosive wide receiver. So uh, cool story there for the youths. Uh, but again, it is recruiting season. It is a great time to go to youthzone.com. Uh, you can do a seven-day free trial there. Uh, Steve Bartle will have you covered with articles, updates, information. Uh, 24-7 also has a ton of national and area recruiting experts. Blair Angulo follows uh, the, uh, the the Mountain West area in Hawaii. He does a great job with that. Uh, Greg Biggins and, and Brandon Huffman as well. Just some of the best in the business. So, Worth your time if that's something that you're into, um, and it absolutely should be something uh, that you should start following if you're not already. So we're going to wrap up the show today. Uh, Just wanted to 
remind those of you that are draft nuts like me that the Locked On Podcast Network is partnering with the Draft Network to cover the NFL Draft live, get insights and analysis from Locked On local experts and the Draft Network's national experts, like guys like Trevor Sikama, uh, just uh, holy cow, John Ledyard. There, there's so many guys over there at the Draft Network that I absolutely love. Um, Benjamin Solak's another big one. Uh, they just have an absolute great crew over there and have for years these are guys that really that'll be something that'll definitely be worth following along with and uh draft coverage throughout the week if you haven't listened to the ultimate mock draft podcast highly recommend that done in collaboration with odyssey we're going to close this one out though finally thank you so much for listening for following through whatever your favorite platform is for leaving us reviews we'll get to those at some point in time i've seen a couple new ones trickle in thank you so much for doing that the growth on the podcast has been just absolutely awesome and it's great to see everybody getting involved i love when you guys reach out and and have commentary shout out to my guy utah fly fisherman hope you enjoy that order of built bars if not uh, let me know we'll get the brown bear express to uh, hand deliver some over to your place no problemo. Uh, again, thank you everyone for listening. Jake should be back tomorrow. Uh, I try to give him nights off when there are jazz games uh, because he's got a lot going on between his other podcasts and, and his work and everything like that. And and you know, we'll make it easy on on him because he's a hardworking guy. We love having him around, just like we love having you guys around. Feel free to add us anytime at SLC at Jacob C. Hatch, at Locked on Utes, all over there on Twitter, or email us, LockedOnUtes at gmail.com. Thank you for joining us again. Stay well, do well, be well. This has been the Locked on Utes podcast for April 27th, 2021. And as always, we're going to talk to you again tomorrow. Tomorrow.